Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app as the season approaches. On the go and in the palm of your hand, the official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring of WashingtonWizards.com, and a very, very special guest today of NBC Sports Washington, Chris Miller. Chris, how you doing? Good. What's going on with you guys? Not much. Just inching closer to the season. We're a few days away now, and that's, that's what we want to talk about. The preseason is in the rearview mirror. And we are going to do one final diagnosis of this season to come. We're going to run through five topics today. Some of the most burning questions heading into what should be a really, really exciting Wizards season. We'll get into all the reasons for that today. But, you know, if you've even been paying attention a little bit in, in Wizards world over the last month, um, there's no shortage of, of topics and storylines and reasons for intrigue. So uh, with that, guys, let's let's just dive right into it. I, I think right off the bat, um, you know, the main focus for this team is going to be that Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook duo. We finally got a look at it in the Wizards preseason finale Saturday against the Pistons and ask anybody, including Scott Brooks. And I think the reviews were, were really, really positive. They only played about 10 minutes or so together. Russ only played the first half, but that dynamic between those two is, is going to be the main storyline for this team. And let's start there. So those guys throughout their their whole careers have just put up unbelievable numbers. And Russell Westbrook has really been known for the last decade as one of the most productive statistical players in the league. And Bradley Beal is coming off a 30-point year. Let's start by predicting those guys' points, rebounds, and assists stat line. I don't know. Uh, Rosen or Gehring, if you guys want to dive in first, um, what do you guys see from them from a numbers perspective? Well, I think – so Russ is obviously the human triple-double. I actually think he has a good chance to, to continue that triple-double area, but I think his points are going to go down um, just based on his role with the team. I mean, I think – I don't know if he'd admit it or if, you know, he would he believes it, but, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Brad is a more dominant scorer, just straight-up scorer. So maybe he will, you know, share the rock with him which might, you know, put his points per game down a little bit. But I still think Russ will probably go 25. I think the rebounds will be 10 for sure because I think they need him to rebound. And the assists are kind of just going to depend on if they make shots that night. So I'll say like 25, 10, and 9. I do think he's going to get close. I think this team really fits his, you know, his stats. And um, we've seen, I mean, Brad went up 30 five and five last year. So I think Brad's probably going to be a little lower than that 30, maybe around 27, five and five. But I mean, I think they'll both have pretty similar stat lines because they are the dominant forces of this team. They're going to be the ones that really push the team forward every night. Um, and for us, if he's going to sit on back-to-backs in this first half of the season, like coach has kind of alluded to, that also will probably, you know, preserve his numbers. 
but at the end of the day, they both care about wins. So how many wins are they going to get? I don't know. Um, the, you know, the stat line is sexy. It's interesting. Russell Westbrook is the human stat line, like I said before. Um, but I think it's all about wins. And if, you know, they both have to sacrifice some stats to get some wins, they'll both totally take it that way. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, I think both will probably decrease just a smidge. Russ airs just under eight rebounds last, last season. I would expect that number to be over 10. I totally agree with you, Rose. And that was my first thought uh, hearing this question, starting to think about it, just because watching him play in that first game, in the first preseason game, and knowing the premium that Wizards will put on rebounding this year, I think that I think that's a huge, huge area where it's it's going to take it's going to take everybody. That's, that's why they brought Robin Lopez into this team, and um, yeah. So I think 23, 24 points, ten rebounds plus for sure, and I think a bump in assists too, just because he, we already saw how how comfortable he is at, at distributing, and I think Thomas Bryant's a guy that'll that'll get spoons fed some more buckets by Russ this year. Um, so I'd put that number around nine for us as well. Chris Miller, what do you see out of these guys from a numbers perspective? Well, I, I actually had a conversation with Russ last night that I thought was interesting about kind of how he looks at stats. And it was kind of interesting when you think about the guy averaged a triple-double three straight years and how he, how he went about doing it. The fact that he said that he doesn't really care about stats, he just cares about winning. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting because you know you've put up hella numbers, right? Um, I'm not so bullish on his double-digit rebounding because I, I rebounding still seems an issue to me with this team. This team was one of the worst in the league last year in terms of rebounding. And it's kind of glaring when your point guard is your best rebounder. And I still think that's the case, even with the addition of Robin Lopez. And I feel like Thomas Bryant has taken a Herculean step. Uh, hopefully I get a chance to talk about that a little bit later about how bullish I am on TV. Um, but for Westbrook, I see 23 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. That assist number might actually go down more because I like the sharing is caring that I saw in the preseason with these guys moving the ball and, and sharing the sugar a little bit uh, for Beal. The fact that he scored 30 and a half last year and just had games in which we just sat back and enjoyed the ride, right? We just sat there and was like, this dude is putting up like Jordan numbers, right? You know, the back-to-back -back 50s and just the way he just went about his business. I don't think he's going to have to do that. Uh, I don't think he wants to do that, as a matter of fact. I think if he can get anywhere between the 25 to 28 range a game, get his rebounds to about five and assists about five, um, to me, I think that's the formula. I think if you can get these guys to average those numbers, because I, I do think that they have help. I think some of these young kids um, are going to elevate this year. Um, two of them that I'm really bullish on, obviously, is, is Denny and, and Bryant. Uh, so that's kind of how where I see like their numbers. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to take turns, which uh, is not a bad thing. Where you know one one night is going to be like. All right, this is the night I got to get 40. And, and Russ even said this to me last night. He said, I know that there are going to be times where I'm going to have to take over games. Okay. Offensively, I'm just going to have to just do that. Um, but that's not like what he wants to do every game. 23, 8, and 8 for Wes, 25 to 28 points per game for Beal with five rebounds and five assists. It's interesting. You hear them talk about playing with each other, and, and we've heard it from the start since they arrived in camp and they've talked endlessly about making things easier on each other. So I think if you ask the other, like 
sure, Brad would love to average 30 again. That would be great for his career and the historic nature of that. But on a night-to-night basis, it's going to be fantastic for Bradley Beal that he doesn't have to average 30 for this team. And I think the same thing applies to Russ across the board and all of his stats. If you know, other than you know, assists, because that generally means that everybody's knocking down shots. But um, you know, maybe Bradley Beal takes on more of a facilitator role, not necessarily in the same way that he did last year, where he had to. But um, you know, he showed that he he has those chops. He can do that. He averaged six assists last year. You know, Russell Westbrook isn't the only guy on this team that can make a pass. So I think you know, it's so funny to to hear we're talking about a point guard, and it's like, oh, only eight rebounds only eight rebounds this year that's an insane that's still an insane number and because you know, he's the best on the team yeah as a matter of fact jackson i don't even really think it's even close because of his mentality yeah. his mentality yeah, is yeah. see ball go get ball and you know get out of the way i mean a perfect example is kind of watching stephen adams i literally was joking with somebody the other day i said you're going to see stephen adams rebound numbers uh increase this year because <laughs> no one will be fighting him for that rebound. I mean, Zion probably will, but I think Steven Adams rebound numbers will, yeah. will go up because, and, and that's not a slight on Russ. What that just says is, is his mentality is for as long as he's out there on the court, whatever it takes. And during those years in OKC, he would go get the rebounds. And then at the end of the night, you look at the stat sheet and go, damn, he had 12 rebounds, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of it does kind of depend on the way Scott Brooks d- decides to deploy these guys. If if Russ is running point and, you know, TB and Mo Wagner are both in the game, then there's going to be less rebounds to be had. But you saw in Houston last year that they, they took advantage of Russ essentially running like this strange point center position where it, it made sense for him to be down there in the paint on defense and then get it and run. And it, that, it, you know, really lends itself to high rebounding numbers. So um, just to put my predictions on the board here, I, I said similar to what you guys did from a scoring perspective, Bradley Beal comes back a little bit, 28 points, five rebounds, four assists. Um, and then Russell Westbrook, I said 24, 10 and eight. I, I think the rebounding is there. I think it's going to happen. And I think those eight assists are just going to be a product of the, of the fact that the wizards do have some other playmakers this year. And, you know, he's not going to need to be the only guy, um, facilitating and, and making those passes and stuff like that. Um, looking more towards the way, uh, you know, Scott Brooks decides to deploy these lineups, as I I said a minute ago. Throughout the preseason, there's been a lot of talk about the battle for the starting three spot. um, And that's always juicy discussion is those those starting lineups. But as we all know, it it comes down to who's finishing the game. Who are you going to in those final five minutes in a close game? Uh, Chris Miller, we'll start with you on this one. Wizards closing lineup, go. Well, it's got to be Wes, Brad, uh, Denny, Rui, Thomas Bryant. I mean, Davis got a bag. We're happy he got his bag. But unless – see, okay, okay. Can I just tell you guys the reason why I love Denny so much? Can, I mean, Zach, Zach will love this. Zach and I are uh, – Zach, if I could get – um, a gold card membership to the Denny fan club. Can you just email it to the house? Yeah, yeah I got you. Because yeah, I'm, not, I'm not leaving the house, man, until I get that vaccine. So <laughs> hook, a bro- hook a brother up, just send it to the crib. Um, I said it literally after the Brooklyn Nets game. Said it on our 
pre and post game show afterwards. Uh, Denny will be the starting three opening night. I saw enough in the Brooklyn game, 25 minutes of play. Uh, whatever you needed him to do, he can do it. Lights weren't bright. He went up against KD and Kyrie, wasn't scared. Uh, he got double, he got 10 rebounds in the last preseason game against Detroit. So he might not have shot it well, but he's always doing something that's positive on the floor. So for me, I'm closing with him. I mean, look, his size alone at his position intrigues me so much. And he's 19 years old. I didn't see that kid play one game at Maccabi. All I saw is YouTube clips, guys. And I don't fall for that anymore. They got me one time with that one. And it was Jan Vesely. <laughs> It'll never happen again. Okay. I want to see a full game of international players. I saw one game against Brooklyn. <laughs> That's all I needed to see. I said, minutes, I saw enough. So he's got to close. I think Rui can close because I think he's taking the step. Thomas Bryant is the best young player on this team after what he did in the bubble and what he did in these preseason games. So he's closing. Robin Lopez, Davis, the rest of them. When you get in there, do what you do well. But that's my closing five. My closing five is the starting five. Yeah, I, Chris, I, I totally agree with you. And on Denny, I think just all of the things that were, were said about Denny, about, you know, he's 19, he can't really shoot yet, um, all this stuff. I think in these first three preseason games, I've been like, oh, no, like he'll be able to shoot. Like he, he's going to figure that out. The stroke will be there. Um, he doesn't have some like wonky thing that is ir irreparable. Um, and I just love the way that he's soaking up Russell Westbrook's criticism and, and, and help. I love the way that he, um, you can tell when he gives a press conference that he's just intense. Um, and that just the way he goes about playing is, um, is different. And he has some of that certainly from getting to play professionally already in his young career, but um yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see the steps that Rui can take. I mean, we, we, I think we've already seen that he's going to be able to shoot the ball better. That helps down the stretch. But um, I'm really interested to see how Rui can, can step up defensively too. I mean, he has a really good frame to defend and um, be switchy and all that stuff that we talk about all the time now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I, I like that five. Um, situationally, maybe you see Davis in there to knock down a shot when you, you need it. But, I mean – when it comes down to, to, to getting stops when you need it, I think that's the five. And um, we know that, that Russell and, and Brad um, are going to be trying to get buckets down the stretch. So I, I'm not worried about, about that department. Yeah. I think you need, you definitely need guys who can knock down shots late in the game because Russ and Brad are going to be crowded. So if they can defer to guys, like that's why I actually, I think Davis is in that closing lineup probably over Rui or TB at times, because I think there's going to be situations that present itself where it's like, you don't need a big in there. Although I do think that pick and roll and pick and pop game is going to be huge down the stretch. I just think the way we've seen crunch time through, you know, through time that Davis could be in there. I actually think Robin Lopez could be in there at times too, just depending on the matchup. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the starting five is, is probably the candidate to be that closing lineup. Um, 
And it also depends how many minutes Davis plays. I think we've seen that it, once he goes by a certain threshold, he really gets tired. And like, it makes sense. He's running around and shooting threes. Like that's tiring. Um, and he's not getting any younger. Like it's, it's just, it is what it is. Like he's 28 years old, but at the end of the day, that's like trying to, sw- you know, swing for a home run on 15 at bats in a game. Like it gets tiring. So um, that's kind of how I look at it. I think Troy Brown could close at times too, because I think he has the skill set to close. He's a good rebounder. He plays hard. He defers. He doesn't try and take over the game when he's in with certain players. But yeah, I think the starting five, um, I was worried that I, I didn't think Denny, you know, in the beginning of training camp, I was like, I don't know if Denny can close, but he's really proven it over time. Like he's not afraid. Um, he's figuring out his angles, getting to the rim. That was one of my concerns. He was having trouble like being physical down low, but he seems like he's figuring that out a little bit more now. Um, but yeah, that guy's all about winning. He's, he's here to play basketball. I think that's, that's like a misconception. Like, yeah, he's in the NBA. It's super cool. But like the kid moved from his home, his home of 19 years to play basketball here. He doesn't know any better. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have anything better to do, especially in a pandemic. Like, He's here to hoop, and I think the man said Chipotle was like his his favorite food. <laughs> that should tell you everything you need to know. This man is here to hoop. He can catch, you know, you know, some shredded beef or some chicken or whatever. You know, put it on a tortilla and let's go play. Yeah. Right, Zach? <laughs> Zach, he's like, let, let me get a burrito bowl and let's go hoop. <laughs> Funny, he he's always like one of the last guys to kind of like leave the practice facility or after games, and I'm just like yo, you're still here. And he's just like, I mean, I got nothing better to do. I don't have a family or anything like here to hoop. Yeah. I, I think he, he really impressed a lot of people this preseason. And there was a lot of talk about his ability to shoot. He came in and, and squashed that quickly. I, he was really impressive from beyond the arc, not just the ability to make it, but the willingness to take it as a rookie. And that's going to be really, really important. As, as we all know, these closing lineups are all about just getting a bucket who, in crunch time when the opposing defense steps up and has dug their heels and who can actually do it. That's why I'm going early on, at least to start the season. I think Davis closes. I think for as excited uh, as the Wizards fan base is about Davis and what he did last year and him getting his much deserved contract. I think we might even be underestimating what he's going to be able to do this year. Um, and we saw in the preseason game, he didn't hit a ton of them, but he, that guy is, ready to fire again and at all times and the amount of space that he's going to be able to work with um, with Russ and Brad running next to him with his willingness to shoot it from just unconscionably deep. Jackson, um, can I challenge you on something real quick shoot. on that? Um, while I understand why they brought Davis back because he has unlimited range and is just a sniper uh, to close games out. Teams are going to be like, <laughs> if he's closing the games out, we know exactly what he's here to do. So, like, we, how many times did we see last year this dude pull up from half court and just fire? And I'd look over at the opposition, and the coach would be, like, pulling his hair out. Even dudes that didn't have hair would be pulling follicles out because they're like, how many times do we have to tell you in the morning shoot around, film study, when this dude crosses half court, he's going to let it fly. So I, I think I need him to do more than just that if he's going to close, right? There's going to have to be the rebounding part of it. Are you putting him at the five position? Um, if he's closing a game, it has to be more than just he's going to launch from 30 feet. Am, am I off, Jackson, on that? Like, I think the more he can do, I think would afford him the opportunity to close these games. 
Sure. And I, I think that's, that's fair. I I'm not envisioning him in any sort of a five spot. I've got Thomas Bryant in that five spot. You've hinted at it. Okay. I feel the same way. We're going to get to Thomas Bryant in some of these future topics. I have a lot of hope and excitement for that guy this season. I think he's going to establish himself as a guy that's doing it on both ends and, you know, look at what he did in the bubble. Look at what he's done in the preseason so far. He has shown an ability to get beyond the arc and knock down a couple shots. So when you talk about the amount of shooters that the wizards have on this team and in this hypothetical closing lineup that I have envisioned, I mean, even if, and I don't think this is the case. I think Davis has, has shown an ability to do more than shoot, but let's say all he's doing is out there shooting and he's, he's 35 feet out and, you know, coaches are pulling their hair out and they've just got one defender locked on him, taped to his hip. Then you're playing four on four and half of the Wizards four is Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. That's not bad. That's going to work. So I, I just think at, at least to start this season, it's about getting a bucket and he gives the Wizards so many opportunities to do that, even if it's not his bucket. You know, he's going to create so many opportunities for those other guys. And look, if Denny continues to shoot the way he, he showed that he might be able to in the preseason and he can do, if he, he can be 80 or 90% of what Davis is from by, beyond the arc, even that's probably generous. If he can, if he can be a threat from back there, then, you know, you might be onto something and, and he might find himself in that, that role as the season progresses. But I think at least to start, it's going to be Davis. Um, so let's transition into the next one. We kind of have touched on this a little bit, just in our eagerness for some of these, these guys, but um, which player not named Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook is going to have the biggest impact on this team this season? Chris Gehring, we'll start with you on this one. I'm going to leave. I want, I want to hear Chris Miller's full take on, on Thomas Bryant and, and why he's going to be a beast <laughs> this year. I think this whole group agrees. I think this whole group agrees, but I want, I want to make sure that, that we get the floor of that. I, I think I, I've just, I've, I think I've said Troy Brown every year for the last couple of years now. Um, even in his rookie year. Um, but I, I think I, I do want to see him grow into a guy. And I think he's, I think he's almost there where, where it's probably coming off the bench, but he's getting in passing lanes. He's, he's shooting the ball way better. Um, I think, I think those steps are coming for him this year. I think he's, I think he can become a really good three point shooter. Um, and I, I just think that he can be really – he can really be a jack-of-all-trades coming off of the bench. And and for this team, like you said, Rosen, he's he's the most unselfish player. Um, that fits in, in any lineup. And I, I'm just really, really excited to see him take that jump now as he gets into, you know, real veteran territory, not just like a sophomore, not uh, still finding it with, with other vets. Um, as he starts to get into that territory in his career – I just I think he's going to continue to grow, and I don't know if that'll mean I don't know if that'll mean more numbers or you know um, anything wildly different than his his stat line from last year, but I do think it'll mean I do think it'll mean more winning plays, some big shots, um, and I'm just excited to see it from Troy. So that that'll be my guy. Yeah, I think the the less numbers Troy focuses on, the better of a player he is. I. I agree. I think he played really well in the preseason. Yeah, he shot really well from three, but like it was because he was just doing little things and, and rebounding and defending. I mean, he was playing the four at times. So um, my guy would be because, you know, we all agree on Thomas, but I think Rui, just because he can shoot that three now, it, his shot looks really good. Um, for him, it's going to be about continuing to get stronger, which he is. You know, he's gained 10 to 20 muscle uh, pounds since March. So 
Um, I've seen, you know, that he can finish around the rim a lot better than last year. And then it's just consistency and, and playing better on defense. I think the Wizards are realizing he's more of a perimeter defender than like a four defender. So maybe Denny guards the four and Rui guards the three. Um, you know, he's got to get his eye situation figured out. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, but I think his potential as an offensive threat and, you know, how many points he could drop on a given night, you know, he, he's going to have a lot more 20 point games this year than he did last year, just naturally because of who he's playing with his skill set. Um, and, and I just think that three point shooting, which was his biggest flaw last season outside of the, the, you know, the interior defense is that's a big upgrade for Russ and Brad to have around them. And I don't think you're going to see him play with a lot of, like he's always going to play with Brad or Russ. Like that just makes sense. Right. He's probably not going to be on his own being asked to do what he does on the Japanese national team. And I think that's what best suits him. I think he's a, he's a pick and pop kind of player. Um, if you give him the ball, he can make a move. And I think he's just going to get better defensively because he's a smart player. He's long, he's athletic. He's probably besides Russ, the most athletic player on the team. Although I don't know, Brad's really athletic and we just don't give him enough credit. Like that guy's a freak and he just doesn't show it enough. Um, but yeah, Chris, please, Thomas Bryant. <laughs> uh <laughs> his ability to how he's improved since he first got here amazes me the knock on him was can you be consistent you can have one game where like you don't miss a shot the next day we're like come on tv where are you at those days seem to be over the bubble was the best thing that happened i think to thomas bryant and I've said this like multiple times, but if you guys go back and look at it, he had a stretch of three straight games <laughs> where he went up against his contemporaries and he busted their behind. And I'm going to give you the three names. Go back and look at it. DeAndre Ayton, got him. Miles Turner, got him. And then he went big game hunting and went and got Joel Embiid. Once he won that matchup with Embiid, I was like, Chris, that's three straight games where he's gone against his contemporaries. And the last one was, was, was the big one. And TV won those matchups. Now I look at the preseason. He's leaner, but he's stronger. Um, one game, he had four blocks. What was everybody talking about in the offseason, going into the draft, going into free agency. The Wizards needed all together now. Ready, guys? One, two, three. Rim, Rim protection. protection. <laughs> you don't think he heard that? going to come through on Zoom? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't think he heard that? Because he acted like he didn't when I asked him about it last week. But they hear you know he heard about it. So he put the work in. And you're probably thinking to yourself, Chris, how the heck do you work on rim protection? What do you do? Block your friend's shot when they're at the house, or do you, the mailman comes, you block the mail? Like, how do you work on that? It's a want. He's always had the physical abilities, but what I've seen through the bubble in the three preseason games is he's making a concerted effort, and I think adding Robin Lopez was not only good for the team; it wasn't good for Robin because he's on a new team. It was good for TB because now you're getting corporate knowledge from a guy who's been known as a good defender, right? So 
TD's always been able to pick and roll, pick and pop. I, I think he's a, he's, a, he's for his position. I think he's a good three point shooter. It's what you're going to do on the defensive end. Guys, if I say first to 120 this year, I'm going to lose my damn mind. Okay. It's about defense. We've talked to all of this offensive stuff, but until this team makes stops, close out five minutes, lock in, I don't want to say first to 120 this year. So I think if Thomas Bryant can be the anchor of the defensive end, he's not going to get four blocks a game. It was really nice to see if he can get a block and a half on average. We're doing some things, but Jackson, I am really bullish on Thomas Bryant because now I'm seeing the consistency of his game in moments where you trust that he can play those starting minutes and Scott Brooks doesn't have to look at him and go, all right, Robin, go get him. Now, is it going to happen? Probably, but I'm more confident in him today than I've ever been since he's been here. I can't articulate it any better than that. I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely Thomas Bryant for me for all the reasons, Chris, that that you just said. I think there's a level of of purpose and control from him that we saw throughout the, the preseason that we hadn't seen prior. In, in in years past, he's he's been energy and athleticism, and he's been all over the place. And you'd see where there were moments where he'd get too aggressive and jump to to one guy or jump fly across the paint to another, and he'd, he'd leave somebody open or get out of position or something like that. And there's there's a control about him. Uh, this preseason that, that he's shown while maintaining still that athleticism. Um, and I, I think that is what paint defense and shot blocking and rim protection is, is all about is, is being able to be explosive and athletic, but, but doing it with control and purpose. Um, and none of that is to even mention his, his three point shooting, which Chris, you touched on a little bit was, was a storyline in the bubble. And, you know, he's not shooting at the same frequency. I don't believe that he was there, but he's shown, obviously a, a willingness to, to do that. And if he can knock that down um, this year with the way that the Wizards perimeter players are going to be getting to the basket and, and the way he's going to be able to operate in the pick and roll, I, I think we're, we're due for a very, very, very serious Thomas Bryant breakout season, which I think would be. Just keep well. him away from Blake Griffin. Just <laughs> Blake, don't, don't do that anymore. Yeah, right. Um, okay, next one, guys. Which uh, which Wizards storyline or player has flown most under the radar heading into the season? I'll just yeah, I'm a uh, yeah, I'm a pass on that one. Come back to me. Okay. I'm just gonna go with Scott Brooks' de facto answer. It's it's how will Meadow because I think a lot of people were like, oh, he'll be the fourth point guard behind Winston and Ish. But I think Meadow's gonna play, and I think he's gonna play a lot, especially now that uh, the back to backs. If Russ isn't gonna go, I think you're gonna see Meadow start. Um, and, and you've heard Brad talk about him. I mean, the kid can shoot. He probably should have been playing in Philly last year. I don't really know what happened there. Um, but he can shoot. He can play make. He's, he's a really, really smooth player. He knows how to play the right way. And he's a really underrated defender, which is why Tommy Shepard went out and got him. So I'll go with Howell. Um, I think you saw that he can also play next to Russ. Uh, yeah, he's not the tallest guy, but um, plays hard, plays the right way, smart player, good defender. Seems like a win for me. I'm going to piggyback off Rosen a little bit there and just say it's the flexibility that I think Scott Brooks has this season, and Howell Nato is a big part of it. It's been so fun to listen to Brooks talk about him and what he's brought, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Scott Brooks chooses to you know flex these lineup muscles and all the different things that – he can do. We saw it at one point in, in the last preseason game, he ran 
a lineup with with three different point guards. Rust, Ish Smith, and Howell were all out there at the same time. I, I would expect to see a lot of that this season, but it's just a testament to the the different options that this team presents and Scott Brooks' willingness to to try some different things. You know, when when Rust takes a break, are we going to see Brad, who showed a lot of facilitation abilities last year, run a lot of point? I think we will. Um, can any of the bigs play next to each other when the Wizards need to go big? Can can Robin and TB play together? Can Mo and TB or Mo and Robin play together? I don't think that's going to be something you see a ton of, but if ever the Wizards are playing against a big opponent, can they do that? I think there's going to be opportunities where they can. And then I, I touched on it a little bit earlier with some things that Houston would do with, with Russ in the past, but in really, really small lineups, Russ can kind of operate as this quasi big uh, that does a lot of different things in the paint, just with his, his strength and his rebounding ability. Um, there are just a lot of options for Scott Brooks on this team. Not all of them will work. Uh, that's, that's part of what the preseason is for. That's why, you know, we saw him try so many different things and, you know, you're going to see a lot of different iterations of, of this team throughout the season, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of different lineups throughout this year and a lot of different things that we might not even be thinking of at this point um, where at first we see it and go, well, what's that? And, you know, I, I think we're underestimating the flexibility that this team has. I think that might actually be the undertold story of the offseason is the question that you asked Jackson about, you know, who closes the game? I didn't really even think about it until you brought it up because I'm like, well, well, the starting five has got to be the closing five, but because of the roster flexibility, um, the potential of people playing, you know, multiple positions and matching up to other teams you know, last year I noticed something changed in the league and it's happening and we're not really see, we're not talking about it, but the Golden State Warriors changed the game, right? What did they do? Space and pace, launching threes, launching threes from distance. And, you know, still they were able to be a top five defensive team when they were, you know, when they were going. Well, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, teams like that are big. These are big teams. Okay. Their closeout units are big guys. So now do the wizards have a roster that's representative of going out there? If they're playing Milwaukee with a big lineup or Philly with their super large lineup, uh, can the wizards match up to that now? And the answer is yes. I mean, look at it this way. Let's just say we have a closeout lineup against Philly opening night when they put Simmons and Embiid, hopefully they don't put Simmons at the four. They tried that last year and it just doesn't work. But if that's the case, well, then I would put Thomas Bryant at the four and I'll put Robin Lopez at the five. We didn't have that last year, right? We didn't have the ability to go really big with the big teams. We could go small, but we really couldn't go big. So I guess, Jackson, that's kind of like the thing that's kind of been under my fault, under talked about, underreported really is, the, the roster flex, flexibility of being able to match up with any of the other 29 teams in the league. And I actually think the wizards this year have a team that we're playing Houston. Oh, you're going to put five shooters out there. All right. Well, let's go put your five shooters out there. Then the next night, if we're playing Philly, we got to go big to close the game out because they're rebounding the heck out of the basketball. I think we can put five people out there that can rebound the basketball. So like, what's our rebounding 
if we were just rebounding the last two minutes of the game, I'll ask you guys this. Who's our rebounding fives? So then it's, I guess it's just it's Russ, Brad. Five Russes. Yeah, right. Five Russes. Five Russes. But, it's, but, it's, but then it's Rui, TB, Robin, right? That's three, four, five. Do you agree? Yeah. Like so you guys see three. what I'm saying? So you see yeah. what I'm saying? So like th- this now presents itself where there's no excuses. Like if, if we have to match up style on style, we've got to go big on their bigs because they're rebounding us too bad. We can do that now. We want to go small. We can do that. You want some mediums? We got mediums. All right. So this roster to me this year, and it was that one possession uh, and that little stretch during the Detroit game where it really kind of hit me at the point where we saw Ish, Neto, was it Brad or Wet or uh, Russ? I think Russ. it was Russ. Yep. I never thought of that. <laughs> it's a good lineup. And did you see the passing? It was the one plate I think that ended up in TB's hands where you're like, whoa, the ball was popping. You know, that so that got me thinking that, oh, okay. Now this team can match up with anybody else. Whatever style you want, they can match it. Chris Gehring, what about you? Any storyline that's standing out as flying under the radar for you? Yeah, I would just say to, to maybe kind of wrap it all up is that I think by the end of these 35 games, people will write more about how the Wizards are, are a sneak, maybe sneakily, but we, what we just talked about will be the reason why they're, they're a deep team. I think that for a long time, you know, we've heard all the storylines about how, you know, how John and Brad go, this team will go. And that's, that's always true. You know, stars need to get going for teams to reach their full potential. But I think by the end of these 35 games, I think people will be like, wow, the Wizards are a really deep team. Um, you know, we, we talked briefly about Troy, Troy Brown and, uh, and Neto and Ish Smith, who, by the way, had just, you know, he didn't score in the last game. He had eight assists. He's just a guy that just keeps the motor running. He, 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 will, he will come in and play with anybody, keep the ball moving the way it needs to. Um, I think that'll be the story. And I think, I think, I think it's going to take a lot of people by surprise. Chris Miller, you've been so generous with your time today. We'll get you out of here on this one. We'll go just rapid fire across the board, final place in the Eastern conference standings for, for this wizards team. And Chris Miller, we'll start with you. It's predicated on three things with me guys. It's three. It's very simple. Health. Health is number one. Got to stay healthy. Rebounding the basketball defending the basketball this team could score with anybody in the league and it's not even close we can go however you want to get down i think the wizards offensively can get down health rebounding defending they do those three things they're at they're at worst if they do those three things they are at worst fifth sixth seed now if one of those two or three things are a miss I still think that they have enough talent to be a playoff team. To me, playoff team, all three of those aspects happen in the game. Uh, they're a fifth seed. I agree. I think I think this is definitely a playoff team, no doubt. I think I think the ceiling probably is around the five. I agree. I think if I had to put a, a number right away, I would say maybe the maybe the seventh seed you figure like the top six are still Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn, Philly, Miami. Uh, so, you know, six or seven, I think is where this team ends up. Um, and yeah, I guess that means 
so it's a 72 game season so if we're putting a number on i guess that's like a 40-ish 42 win team is that right am i doing that math right something like anyway that. yeah I, I agree i mean this 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 team has it has everything it needs to make the playoffs um i think it has everything it needs to push teams like indiana um and kind of reach reach into that top five six ish range if, if everything goes right yeah, my prediction is I think they're going to be around 500 just because to get all those three things going, as Chris said, it's tough. Um, I think two out of three will get them a playoff spot. They might have to play in a play-in, but I find it pretty ridiculous that people don't think think they're going to be a 10 seed. Like, it's pretty uh, pretty low standards there because I think maybe I'm biased and have seen it up close, but this is just different. Like this team is different, man. Like there's something about it that just, it's not like the last three years. I mean, in 16, 17, that team was different. This team feels that way. I don't know if it's as good as that team. I know the East is a lot better now than it was then, but I mean, Brad and Russ are better than John and Brad were that year. I mean, combined, I think John was probably better than both of them are right now that year. But combined, I think they're better than that backcourt was that season. And I think that this team is deeper. But the East is better. So how does that play out? Um, that's kind of my – if I had to add a fourth thing is how good is the East? Because I think – we saw that Nets team, my God, I don't know if anyone's better than that team. Yeah, and Rosen, you touched on it a little bit. And you know, I, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast missed this news. But this is the first year of, of the league's new – play in format where you playoff team and what that means when you're predicting the standings means a little something, something different. So teams seven through 10 are going to play in a double elimination play in series. So if you're seven, you're not guaranteed to be in. And if you're 10, you still got a shot. So it's different this year than it is. And I think it will be the wizard's goal to avoid that. And I think six is an attainable number. And when you look around the league, it, it is always has been and always will be about star power and the wizards check that box this year. So I, I I'm confident even accounting for an adjustment period that they will undoubtedly go through early in the season that the wizards can, can get to that six spot, but um, time will tell. And that's why they play the game. And we are now just a few days away from that season opener in Philadelphia. And a few days later, uh, the wizards first game at capital one arena of the season. And uh, thanks to Chris Miller today, I think we are all set and prepped and prepared and, and informed and ready to roll heading into this season. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. This was great, man. Man, it's always good to talk to you guys. Rosen, get my gold card to the Denny fan club sent to the crib. And if I don't get it in the next week, I'm going to send my people after you. I want that. <laughs> Chris, thanks, man. Thank, Thank you, you guys for having me. I appreciate it.